This is After Lodge Harlan, and you're listening to what would have been episode 64 of the After Lodge podcast. However, for the guys at our lodge, the term March Madness has a special meaning. It's a big time for us every year, and things tend to get a little bit crazy. Um, We don't really remember a lot of what happened this weekend, but here's what I can tell you. There are no designs upon the whiteboard, and nobody has seen worshipless producer Bruce since high noon yesterday. The chaplain and landscaper Josh have gone off trying to find the Grandmaster's car. Uh, We have no idea what we did with it. Right Worshipful Grand Censor Bob is still in the hospital, having a fence post removed from his posterior. After Lodge Jason is still in a Knicker Buddy Bar-induced sugar coma. Uh, after consuming an entire box of the things. And as for myself, I'm hiding out underground in the lodge bomb shelter from the local authorities who've been looking for me since I woke up. But we didn't want to leave you guys hanging empty-handed, so we've gone back to the After Lodge archives and dug out episode 27, which, for those of you who haven't had the chance to hear the episodes before the arrival of Right Worshipful Grand Censor Bob was an episode where we interviewed Brother Chad Bromley from the good state of Connecticut, uh, an East Coast rapper that goes by the stage name of Apathy. You might have heard of him due to his uh, rather controversial song, which he filmed the video for in his lodge, entitled The Grand Leveler. Uh, I apologize again for the Skype feed in this episode. It was our first time having a telephone interview like that. Uh, But the show has been... Properly censored to right worshipful grand censor Bob's standards. Uh, except we haven't touched any of the statements of Brother Bromley. Uh, he doesn't live in our jurisdiction and we didn't feel it was right to do so. So, without further ado, this is episode 27 of the After Lodge podcast. And we'll see you next week, brothers. The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, and terrible attempts at humor. It is not suitable for children, women, or men for that matter. This is the After Lodge banter of two guys who happen to be Freemasons. It is not recognized or endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular Masons, irregular Masons, co-Masons, Canadian Masons, or internet wannabe Masons. Can we do this shit already? Nobody likes a damn lawyer. With the pistol grip, pussies getting pistol whipped. Positive and negative, I'm on that dark crystal shit. Crystallized bodies like exposed to the liquid ice. Lived inside a ghetto in hell, but got evicted twice. The man in the myth, I'm Hiram Abyss. I resurrect Jesus myself, I'm buying a split. I build pyramids, parallel portals to other worlds. Married to Mary Magdalene, but still fuck other girls. The widow's son, the wicked is one. So get your North Face, motherfucker, the winter's be. Hey guys, it's Jason uh, here with Harlan. Uh, worshipful producer Bruce and Lonscape and Josh, the Dirty Mexican. This is episode 27 of the After Lodge podcast. Episode 27. Yeah, it's been a little bit, buddy. I'm, I'm going to keep making a big deal out of every time we have another number. Yeah, I mean, every week you're shocked that we've made yes. it as many weeks as we have. Yeah. I'm surprised Jason's still alive. Well, let's be fair. It could be any day now. <laughs> so, um... Before we before we get any further into this, I wanted to point out why Josh is over here like twitching at the table and he's he's like doing this Bouncing fangirl constantly. thing. And, you know, uh, I have a three year old, and this year he understood like Christmas and he understood Santa Claus was going to come visit him. 
And, and Josh has been acted all day, just like my kid did on Christmas Eve. Is it now? Oh, is it now? Yeah. Is it yeah, coming I mean, now? He was, he was over here at the lodge at like 7 a.m. this morning. We're supposed to be at that freaking fair, and he's sitting Josh over ain't here. He's sitting in the parking lot waiting for somebody to let him in. Oh, right. Yeah, we, we don't give the groundskeeper a key anymore. Yeah, so the reason Josh is all giddy, Josh, you want to you wanna tell everybody why you're so excited today? Well, we got apathy on the show. The rapper right. apathy. Oh, yeah. Right now? Yeah. Say hello, brother. Speak. Fellas, how you guys doing? Fantastic! All right, we're all here. Reporting live from Connecticut. Everything's going. There we go. So yeah. you guys we're probably all in Connecticut. I like yeah. it. No, yeah. yeah, we went up to Connecticut there. Yeah, yeah. he's right here in the room. Yeah, we just drove over from Pennsylvania. Up from the from the pen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys probably know Avery because he came out with the uh, song Grand Leveler. Not too what probably three four months ago now. Yeah, I think so. I think about that. And uh, it was shot in a lodge and had lyrics that were pertaining to the lodge and some people were upset and some people liked it josh was a big fan he's like have you heard yeah. this song yet if you hey come here and listen to this song i was like dude i don't like rap and he's like you're gonna like this song listen to it <laughs> i mean i'm glad he was just the senior warden because if he was the master this year we would have had a call meeting to talk about this yeah I would, no, we would have had a meeting that shit in lodge that shit would have been played on the big screen yeah no <laughs> no josh would have, it would not have been a called meeting it would have been one of the stated meetings oh. and we would have all had to write down our thoughts and feelings about how much we loved the song after he finished playing it before he let us you know leave but it, you know I, I, I you know everybody knows i don't listen to hip-hop because i'm a dirty irishman uh who lives in the mountains uh but i mean it sounds good it sounds you know real professional but uh, josh loves it and i'm gonna take his word because he loves rap but uh there was some controversy about the video. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Some of the older guys didn't didn't like a video being shot in a lodge. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the biggest thing that the the biggest misconception that all these older guys have and even you know what, here's the crazy thing. I feel like a lot of the older guys embraced it, but it was honestly like a couple assholes who were like 28-year-olds who were trying to suck ass of the older guys and trying to be overly like well, when you're a Freemason, you must be blah, 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 all this bullshit. But the thing they don't understand is that it's not a literal uh, Masonic anthem or theme song. And it's it's not meant to be, I didn't even know, I didn't sit down, I'm like, okay, time to write a Freemason song. Uh, I just wrote the song, I did what it did, I, I, I make a couple, I allude to a couple uh, Masonic references in the song, but the song is just about nothing, it's just about whatever, it's no main topic. It's just like poetry. And I decided to do the video in the lodge because I am exposed to what these guys don't understand and, and what these guys who live, you know, a normal life and, and you have a regular job and that's cool and you try to be as, as, do as much as you can for Freemasonry. But what they don't understand is that hundreds of thousands of kids have their eyes on me. And when they find out that I'm a Freemason, they have all types of crazy misconceptions. You know how it is nowadays with the, the, the YouTube scholars and these guys who all feel that they know everything. So there's this huge misconception. So when they found out that I was a Freemason, it was like, whoa, what the hell? You're selling your soul? You you, you sold out. You're, you're, oh, my God. You, yeah, you're Luciferian, all this well, shit. To be fair, Mr. Aberdeen, you do know that we worship the mid-level demon Bahamut. I mean that is that is a thing. That's yeah. what we do. What kind That's of worshiper we... still can't pronounce the name right after like ten episodes? Baphomet. No, it's Bahamut. No, it's Baphomet. I, no. <laughs> I, no, I've got the Jack Chick tr- pamphlet. It's it's Bahamut. How does PH sound? Ah, never mind. Tomato, tomato, Bahamut, yeah. Baphomet. Yeah. So I really don't um, think that the controversy was 
purely about the video being filmed in Lodge because I've seen videos filmed in Lodge, and if you were singing a good bluegrass, wholesome yeah. Howie Dawson, yeah. My Masonic yeah. Ring song, nobody would have had any issues. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. like, and we're kind of akin to you here because there are a lot of people that are upset that we're sitting in a lodge building right now recording this show on the secretary's desk. So we understand how <laughs> some people can get crazy and upset over something that really, I mean, it's really not a bad thing. Like, you know, if if you're using the Freemason Lodge and it's something you're proud of, and your brothers at that lodge are all right with it. What difference does yeah, that make? Yeah, that's the thing that I want to do. I, I just wanted to rep the fraternity and show kids that it's not an evil thing and it's it's a cool thing. And, you know, in the subject matter, I, I mean, the song, like I said, the song isn't about anything. It's just a bunch of talk and crap and just to, it sounds cool and it's, it's whatever, but, you know, positive, negative, all that. And they say that there's there's negative imagery in it, but, I mean, it's just it's just entertainment. It's just poetry. Yeah, it's just no, about I anything. I love the video. It's like uh, a, a movie. Yeah, yeah it's right. It's, it's like you know, like like about anything. It's like if if it was like a Hollywood movie and there was violence and, and crazy stuff in that. But it's, at no point am I like, yo, we are Freemasons. We go kill people with shotguns and ha ha ha. We, you know, and, and that's all this shit. At, at no point was I saying anything like that. And it was, of, it's a cerebral song. It's a song that makes you think. Right. And one of the uh, criticisms when you did the Ask Reddit a while back was that. You know, here on this song, you're talking about being a Freemason, but then you've got other songs where you talk about being a criminal and doing those kind of things. And I think you made a, sure. a pretty good point, yeah, which I, is I, like, it's entertainment. I'm not really doing those things. It's a story. I don't think, you know, that if you watch a movie, Bruce yeah. Willis is really fighting 16 terrorists next weekend. You know, I have a song about chess, and I'm talking about uh, shooting pawns with air, flaming arrows. And it's like, <laughs> yo, I promise you I never did that. I promise you I never shot a flaming arrow in my life. As it happens, I don't, I don't know. About, Me and Bruce I, are pretty into chess. Us. Me and Bruce are pretty into chess. I think we're going to do that next time. And I think that's arrows. the next game, yeah. 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 The, the flaming arrow game. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have, I have a song I say... Uh, my shuttlecraft crash-landed on a vast planet, app-stranded, where natives are horseback mass bandits, and I'm digging through data to decipher the ship's mechanics. My cloaking device may be temporarily vanished. I don't do any of that. I don't, <laughs> sorry, I don't have a shit. Sorry about I've that, Josh. I've never crash-landed on a foreign planet. You Josh know is I mean? over here like, jamming out. Josh has been living a lot. Please don't sing lyrics. <laughs> For the people, people listening, Josh automatically went into like beating Nick whenever you started doing that, and he's just he's so into it. No, it's the rhyme scheme, man. It's very creative. Very creative. <laughs> so the back to the to the hip hop and and you know I, I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff like Beyonce and Jay Z or Freemasons and Illuminati yeah. and it's all a big conspiracy. So is that a thing in like the hip hop community in general? Is like anti Freemasonry enormous, enormous anti Freemasonry. Like it, it is, it is, it's literally like I mean I don't want to belittle this struggle at all. So by no means, but I mean. I mean, it's about as popular as being black in the South in the 50s. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, people are like, what? You are the devil. Like, no question. Like, you are a devil worshiper. So, um, it, it's a really uphill battle. And that's the other thing. Like, some guys are like, yo, he's doing this for publicity. It's like, yo, I promise you, I was successful to begin with already. I don't need to 
bring this bullshit on me. And on a serious note, the thing that wigs me out is now when I go to shows, I go with more people who I'm down with for security because look at how many loony bins are running in lodges and setting them on fire. I put myself out there. I go out there to a show. I don't know who the kids are in the audience. I don't know if it's some kid who's off his fucking psychotropic drugs and uh, he's lost his shit and he literally has some message in his brain that's telling me that I'm Illuminati and I'm trying to kill him or something like that. You know, so that's, I put myself out there for that, to, to rep the good of the fraternity. And uh, despite any of the bullshit that I talk in my raps, which is positive and negative stuff, and all entertainment, I constantly am on Instagram, I'm constantly on Facebook, constantly on Twitter, um, speaking about positive things and things people could do and, and about the positivity of Freemason and I ha- Freemasonry, and I handle myself in a positive manner. I'm not up there like posting up memes about, um, you know, girls giving head or, or, or horrible shit like that. Nothing like that. So, I mean, I make Kirk, go ahead. Uh, so basically what you're saying is you're trying to keep your Freemasonry life separate from your rap life, which your rap life is stories that you tell and your Freemasonry life, your real life and the stuff you're putting on Instagram is like you, whereas when you rap, well, it's, it's a tale. No, not necessarily, not necessarily because I mean, there is no keeping it separate because I am who I am. So I'm a Freemason and I rap and all those things kind of are, you know, they kind of like twine, intertwine and, and they all are one thing. Okay. Thing. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, no matter what you rap about, Wu Tang Clan raps about chopping, you know, heads off with swords. But they're, they're they're cool guys. They're cool guys who have their business together. So no matter what you rap about for entertainment, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a horrible, shitty person. And then I've had you know some criticism on the Reddit page. Who were like, "Well, brother, what makes it so difficult for you not to say some positive things?" I'll tell you why. Because if I came out as a Freemason and was like, "Yeah, I'm a Freemason now," and all of a sudden my lyrics go from like you know, a certain type of imagery and a certain type of entertainment. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm rapping corny, like do good in your community, <laughs> love people musically, blah, 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 blah. You know, people know are going to think I'm drinking the, the fucking Jamestown Kool-Aid, the Jonestown Kool-Aid. Yeah, they're going to think that I've lost it and I'm part of a cult and I'm psychotic. Now. So now Freemasonry looks like a cult. Or, because or I'm singing happy do happy days songs. Well, that sounds a little, a little modest Yahoo-like. Go ahead, Bruce. You, you look like you want to say something. All right. So, I mean, it, it sounds like it's harder for you to defend Freemasonry to the average hip hop listener than it is to defend hip hop to the average Mason. Would 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 you say that's fair? Yes, yeah, for sure. I, I would think it'd be the other way around, but that's that's not what it sounds like. No, I mean, well, uh, well, uh, no. To be, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, it is more difficult for the close-minded brothers who I meet. You know what? Both of those. There's no. There's no side on either side. It's either there's closed-minded brothers who I meet um, who are difficult to discuss hip hop to, and then there's closed-minded people I meet who are difficult to discuss Freemasonry to. But there are also the vast majority are people who are open, open-minded and cool. All right. I and, and and you know what? It's, and ever since I've I've come out and, and you know embraced the craft. Um, there's been a lot more positive feedback than I had anticipated. I thought it was going to be all horrible, horrible, horrible. But uh, uh, I've made a ton of Masons. I, I've, I've inspired a ton of young guys all over the world, literally, to become Masons. And they're now Master Masons, and they're now joining independent bodies, and they're doing great things. And it's, it's, it's really cool that that has happened when I never anticipated that happened. 
that's that's great to hear. Well, going back to the uh, hip hop and distrust of Freemasonry things, why do you, why do you think that is? Because you know Prince Hall lodges have a, a very rich and proud history in just about yep. every state in this union. And, and you know, you know, not saying that hip hop's solely a black thing now, but like rock and roll, it started in the black community. Why do you think they distrust Freemasonry? Because it seems like a lot of them would have a granddad or a great granddad who was a Freemason and a good guy and would look up. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's make it clear right off the bat: hip hop is almost more of a, a like a, like almost more of like a white thing now. Like white people have a history of taking these musics like jazz, like rock and roll, oh, yeah. and, and and taking them and and making it their own and stealing it and completely absorbing and then feeling entitled to the culture and calling the shots. So, oh, I Led, when- Led Zeppelin, Elvis Presley. I mean, that list goes on yeah. forever. Whenever you're talking about the roots of rock and roll, all of those guys stole Blues, what the black guys were yeah. doing. And then made it their thing, and then Jazz. white people would buy the albums because it's now white people singing it, and not black people. Absolutely. When you look at the, you know the guys like who are huge like Macklemore, and then this chick Iggy Azalea, they're bigger than anybody who's black, and that's what's happening. There's a whitening of hip hop going on. So you know that is what's happening. But I grew up in an era when hip hop and rap was pro black. It was completely a different vibe than it than it is now. But um, at any rate, getting back to that, um, what was I saying? We were talking about how come you think the uh, distrust, what was the, again? the distrust of like Freemasonry. How did that come a, oh, become a thing yeah, in the hip hop yeah, community? Yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I mean, I mean, well, you guys know that was an embedded thing, you know, ever since you know forever with 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 um, certain churches and certain religions that were creating anti Masonic sentiment, and then certain groups. The Morgan affair, so that's a thing that has dominoed over time and throughout time. Where that's a common thing um, in society, where people have built that thing and that distrust for masonry and that disdain for masonry. And I think that what happens is in ignorant, poor communities, there isn't the knowledge, there isn't the information, and it's an outside viewpoint. And when when somebody's ignorant and when somebody doesn't have that education and they, they don't understand something, they sit there and they, they pass judgment a certain way and they jump out the window with it. And I think that's a thing that has happened. And then when you have hood areas where you have Muslim five percenters and all these people who've created all these certain conspiracy groups, you have a lot of guys who started birthing a lot of that um, super heavy conspiracy theory knowledge into rap like i remember back in the day the first time i was hearing it was um, um mob deep illuminati my soul in my body you know and and that was some of the first times i heard it and then i was a part of a of a, a huge crew called the universal zulu nation at the time which is a big hip-hop organization everyone from tribe called quest to fat joe and buster rhymes belong to this and um during that time the universal zulu nation would educate and teach people and they would teach us about things like the the conspiracy theories, like the Bilderbergs and the Vanderbilts and the Rothschild and the, um, you, you know, all these elements. Yeah. These would be constant lessons. And so that's where that was born into. I mean, this came from something that was in the hood and got implemented into hip hop and rap music and just domino affected and grew from there, spread. Well, I think when you're in that situation as well, you feel like somebody's holding you down, which isn't necessarily untrue, but then the problem's going to be you need to find somebody to blame, and this was a group that's sitting out there you could maybe blame. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's a group that not everybody knew everything about, so there's a lot of, yeah. lot of work to it. It's real easy to, to paint that 
to paint with any color brush you want on Freemasonry because it's such a diverse fraternity. Uh, not to beat the founding fathers drum, but a little bit of history with the. There's always been a counterculture element in the fraternity. I don't find what you're doing, brother, as as anything other than unusual. what we've been doing for hundreds. For instance, of years. setting up the founding sure. fathers situation, you had the clean cut guys that were living up the culture of the day, at least on the surface. You know, you got your Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. Ben, or George Washington types. Then you had guys like Ben Franklin. Yeah, just, just straight honey badgers well, who just did what the hell they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yet they've, they're have they respected father figures in our fraternal history, but I don't know how much people really know about Ben Franklin. Yeah, no, he was I, kind I of against-the-green kind of guy. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that brothers forget, and when brothers hear their obligations, and they take, it, they take a lot of the obligations super literal to the point where, okay, I have to be completely submissive to my government and to um, the lodge itself and the Grand Lodge. And I understand that, but the, the power and the magic and the, beautif- the beauty of Freemasonry was born out of rebellion for when things aren't right and aren't correct. And uh, th- there's yeah. something to be said for that as well. I mean, I think the history of Freemasonry, like the big events in history of Freemasonry are absolute times when they rebelled against tyranny in all its forms, whether it be church tyranny or whether it be governmental tyranny i that, yeah that's just my opinion so now we've talked about the negative of being you know a uh, famous person and being a freemason let's talk about the positive like do you like when you're on tour do you just run into brothers who come to see you and, come out and support you and, and yep i was just i was just touring in canada and i had some brothers come out and they they come out and they wear the shirts they wear the hats they're pumped to see me they bring me gifts they'll bring me pins from their lodge and it's just a beautiful thing, man. It's so awesome. And, and it's, you know, it's such a strange thing. I try to explain to non-Masons that the bond you automatically have with a brother when you meet him, no matter where you are in the world. And it's a, a really, really cool thing. It's like, you know, I felt like I've known these brothers for years and I, I trust them to, you know, to a, a very high degree because of that. So it's a really cool thing when the brothers come through from from different lodges from all over the world. Well, I mean, at least you got friendly faces that, you know, aren't just trying to, you know, like get next to you because you're famous. You've got people who you know, sure. are, you know, just want to be friendly to you. Well, my coolest story that I have yet is I went to Spain. I was in Malaga, Spain last year, or like maybe it was a year and a half ago. And uh, I was with the, I was with one of the main guys who was bringing us around and showing us around Spain, and he was our our translator and everything. And then we had ran into another guy who was a music artist in Spain, and he's very well respected over there. And he was this short, bald guy. He was had a lot of high energy. He was really cool. And um, he kept showing me stuff, um, like sites around the city that had to do with Freemasonry. He was like, oh, okay, get it. I, that's cool. He he knows I'm a Freemason, so yeah. he thinks it's cool. So he's showing me stuff. Then he pulls out of his back pocket a book that is written all in Spanish about Freemasonry. It's got an apron on the cover. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. Where'd you get this? And then he pulls up his sleeve, and he's got a trowel, a Masonic owl, um, tattooed on the inside of him. So he's a brother, and he's been a brother a lot longer than I have. And he had told me stories through the translator and just basically trying to get by with the limited English that he had that Freemasonry in Spain was insane because they had a dictatorship not too long ago. And it was to the point where this dictator hated Freemasons. So he was literally killing them mafia style. So it was dangerous. You could go to Lodge, come out of Lodge, be walking to your car. They would have to meet at Lodge in secrecy. 
but they would find out every once in a while. And they would meet at Lodge. You could be coming out of Lodge and get shot in the back of the head going to your car. So he was basically telling me this whole history. But And then he brought me to his house and showed me all his these elaborate aprons and was telling me stories about when he went to the UGLE and uh, was over in London. And it was just a, a really incredible, incredible thing that I didn't even need. I had no idea that that would happen. And I was just blown away by this brother. I'd hate to be that Tyler. Yeah, that Tyler's the first one to go in that situation. You better have a fucking Tommy, uh, man. He's like a red shirt in Star yeah. Trek. No more swords. We're packing. We're packing serious meeting. Shit. <laughs> what? So go on, Harlan. Uh, wasn't sorry. somebody like sharing that story uh, back from the war front, talking about Afghanistan? The yeah. lodges are like that. The Tyler's yeah, standing out there with yeah. an AK forty-seven, and yeah. Oh, literally. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 We we, we have a brother in our lodge who. Uh, uh, he's special forces, but uh, he fought in both Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. And he was talking about how he found some underground lodges by accident over there. I'm not sure was that was awesome. by accident. I have a feeling our special forces units might utilize that pre-built network in some of those well, theocratic possible. states. That's possible. He, he, he tells me he ain't allowed to tell me anything other than what he tells me, and I shouldn't yeah. be asking questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh... I mean, like, non-Freemason related, like, do you love the life of touring all the time, or do you uh, kind of wish you no. could just stay home and make music and be like the Beatles yeah. were at the end of their career? Yeah, I wish I could. I, I wish I could stay home. I hate it. I hate leaving my fiance. I, I go out, and I'm gone for long periods of time. And the thing is, is that everybody's like, oh, it's so cool that you travel. But it's not like I really get to see anything, because I'll land at the airport, get driven to the hotel, go to the venue, go back to the hotel, travel to the next hotel. Once in a while, we'll stop if we have a couple hours to see a site. But it's not like you're sitting down, relaxing, enjoying a vacation. You're constantly on the move. Sometimes we'll get three or four hours of sleep a night in a hotel. Sometimes we have to sleep in a van, driving 12 to 16 hours to the next country. And uh, <clears throat> it's a pretty grueling process. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And... Um, it was fun when I was younger, and now that I'm 35, it's just like, holy shit, man, this is a young man's game, and this is a, a, a pretty crazy thing. So I, I definitely appreciate being home. I live in a, a cool little town in Connecticut by the ocean, and uh, I love being here. And whenever I leave now, I get super homesick. So basically, so, you're like a truck driver who gets to get up on stage once a night and perform. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, exactly. That's, that's exactly the lifestyle. Oh. You know, and you eat like shit when you're on the road. And, you well, know, I eat like shit when I'm at home, though, so <laughs> that probably wouldn't change. Yeah, that he does. He does that at Lodge. If we're having salad for dinner, he's showing up with some McDonald's. I ain't eating this salad. Well, yeah, I come in and see what's for dinner, and then I'll go get something if it's... Bring it back or and eat it's it in front of you Or if it's healthy. <laughs> yeah, that too. So do you oh, ever, God, get, a, wish... do you ever get a chance to visit Lodges, like when you're when you're touring out of the country? I wish I, I the only time I visited a lodge and it was I mean there was no brothers there there was only a guy who was given a tour was in Banff Canada which is B A N F F and uh, it's in the middle of these mountains and all these um uh, what you call it it's just it's a it's a gorgeous huge place and they used to have they used to have um lodge meetings in these big caves it's pretty cool but. They, and I got to take a tour of that. But for the most part, uh, you know, I'll tour in the summer or uh, if I tour overseas. It's it's so hard because if if 
a certain lodge, let's say if I'm in like Heidelberg, Germany, and their lodge meets on Tuesday nights, but I'm there on a Thursday, I'm, you know, it's like you really have to be in the right place at the right time yeah. with your schedule and with their schedule. Then I would have to bring a suit with me, and then I'd have to contact my Grand Lodge about going to their Grand Lodge, and it would just be a pain in the it's ass. It's really, really tough. Yeah, it's a super pain in the I, ass. I understand. So I could probably go take tours, you know, but as far as sitting in lodges, that would be really, really difficult. I get where you're coming from. I happen to travel a lot uh, in my line of work, and it is, I mean, I can speak to that. It You're there, and you're looking through every list in the Grand Lodge for whatever state you're in, and it's really hard to find one that meets sometime that you can make it, and then inevitably when you find one, you don't have a suit. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Last time I was in Orlando, I got lucky and then ended up running to a nearby Kohl's and, like, bought clothes so I could go to Lodge because I had an evening <laughs> off unexpectedly. <laughs> You know, and I see, I see, brothers. You know, and I don't think most lodges will turn you away unless they're strict. But I, I don't want to be that guy who's in there with jeans on and a shirt. You know, because I've seen that guy and I feel bad for him. And you know, God bless or whatever. But well, you know, yeah, you're hitting kind of close to home. Yeah, that's, that's, Jason kind of shows up to lodge wearing cut off shorts and wife beaters. Jason's no, no I don't do that. <laughs> I, I wear I wear a button up shirt and jeans. And if we're having degree work, I put on a suit. But this is a relaxed, like rural lodge. And good jeans. Most of these guys aren't wearing suits. Sorry, this is the same stuff they wear to church, so I don't care. That's how we dress here. If we have a no, degree, we, we put on suits. Otherwise, if it's a business meeting, we're coming in good clothes. But not no, that's suits. fine. Yeah, that's fine because that's, you know, that's the standard for your lodge, but I would hate to show up at a lodge I've never been to somewhere like crazy, like in Germany, and all these guys are like, oh, the brother from America, and then I look like a piece of crap. I forgot my <laughs> and, white gloves. Y'all got an extra pair. Tuxes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got an apron I, I can borrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how do you, let, let me ask about some, like, Freemasonry issues since we got you. Well, first of all, let me ask, who's the coolest person, famous person you've met? Like, who's, like, the nicest, most genuine, like, sweetest guy you've met who is not a Freemason? Jay-Z is the greatest guy I've ever met. He's the coolest guy. And I, I used to tour with, um, well, I, I'm still close friends with him, but I used to tour and hang out with the Lincoln Park guys. And, um... You know, because Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park was real cool with Jay-Z, we'd always run into him. So I met Jay-Z at the VMAs in Miami one year, like 2005, I think. Then I met him one more time. And then we met at the House of Blues in L.A. And we went backstage and it was just me, Mike Shinoda, my brother Ryu, who's actually now a brother as well. And um, we were backstage with just him, P. Diddy, um, and Jermaine Dupree. And it was just us. So I introduced, I said, hey, ho, how you doing, Apathy? And he's like, yo, I, I know who you are. Why do you introduce yourself to me every time we meet? And he's just the most humble. And I'm like, yo, I don't, I, there's no way you should know who I am. That's not even right. So he's got, like, the most psychotic memory ever. And uh, he's the most humble, chill, sweetheart, down-to-earth guy ever in the world. Do you think that's something you find more so in like in like hip hop is because these guys necessarily not always but not necessarily had like the best upbringing and you, as far as their struggle with their family uh, money situation stuff like that and they had to scrape and work to get everything they had so when they get there they appreciate it do you think that's a, a, a no, common no, that's thread? No, that's not the case because no, it's 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 not. It's very rare for guys to be kind of cool and down to earth. And as a matter of fact. You know, I grew up in the 90s with these guys um, being gods to me and being the most important 
um, you know, idols. And then nowadays I have this whole thing where I'm afraid to meet them because they'll fuck it up for me and I won't be able to listen to them in my iPod anymore because there's so many <laughs> people me. and yeah. there's so many guys, there's, there's so many guys, you know, hip hop is based on arrogance anyway. And then there's all these guys, you know, who, who grew up in hood elements and, um, you know, then all of a sudden they get this fame and this money and they get budgets and they have an assistant and they have somebody running around for them and, 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 you know, um, you know, metaphorically sucking their dick, like, oh, yeah, you look great, man. You look awesome. <laughs> we love everything you do. You make it go wrong with you. And, uh, they, you know, their head balloons because of this. And they're just on another planet, and they're absolutely arrogant. And the ego so gets to away meet from somebody him, like him who's at the level he's at, yeah, he's, like, next level rich, too, man. Like, he is just <laughs> unreal. And for, for him to be like that is crazy because I've met guys who are way lower than him on the totem pole and they were absolute assholes well like well like here's the thing like with jay-z like i am like i do not listen to rap music at all but i know who eminem and jay-z are and i could like if i hear a song come on the radio i'm like that's eminem that's jay-z so for me to not be interested in the music in the slightest and for me to know who they are that's super fame (laughs) i I don't think uh that we really got the question through though you said the only person or the best person that's not a freemason and Professor Bill Schnobeline, 99th true. degree vampire werewolf <laughs> Illuminati master, told me that Jay-Z is in fact a Freemason. Yep, Illuminati, he told me that on Freemason, YouTube. yeah. He's the one who initiated nah. Lady Gaga as an entered apprentice. Yes. That's what <laughs> I heard. <laughs> I heard that on my YouTube channel, too. Oh, uh, that's funny. Let me tell you something. It's so funny that the people who they say are Freemasons, like they try to say Kanye West was a Freemason, and um, then they try now? to say Shaquille O'Neal, but you uh, Wait, you know what? Really I always had my. I, th- I really think Nas okay, is one. Here's the thing: I don't think Nas is a Freemason. I don't think any of these guys are Freemasons. And here's the reason why: Okay, um, these guys might be honorary Freemasons, where maybe Nas, maybe some Prince Paul Lodge is like, "Yeah, you're an honorary brother. You're a master right. Mason," and they just say that. But I can't picture Nas going through the degrees. I can't, Nas, you know, going go seeing the three the three basement you know like it's it's not it's it's not happening i i hear there's the one person i really do honestly believe is a freemason is leonardo dicaprio i heard he is and i believe that and um the other person who is absolutely 100 percent fact is um tom from um uh what's the group there uh the three guys um no doubt uh wait no doubt um um something the three rock guys, Travis, the drummer. Oh, you're talking about Blink-182. Blink-182, yeah. yeah, the guy Tom from that. He's, a, he's yeah. definitely a brother. Yeah, the other guy that uh, there's always been suspicions about but never been confirmed is Jack White. Because Jack White did a lot of stuff. Like he, uh, Ooh, it, Jack White? Yeah. He has a lot of Masonic symbolism well, in no, a few you know, of his songs. No, you know why Jack White? He's not a Freemason, but the thing is is that Jack White sings you guys know the story, right? About the the, the Michigan, Detroit the Temple, Detroit Lodge. Yeah, we've never talked about yeah, it on the, the show, Detroit but yeah, Temple and how he's well. Jack White uh, pretty much saved that lodge. He spent a ton of money and, and you know donated a ton of money to that lodge because his mother worked at that lodge for years. Um, you know, cleaning up the place, doing whatever. I don't know if she you know she did janitorial services or whatever, but they gave her money and you know they gave her a job when she was when they were poor coming up, 
So um, they really took care of her and showed her a lot of love. So when he found out that beautiful building was going to be torn down, he had donated money and really came to the aid. And that's another reason why I think he is now that you, you know, you told that is because, you know, that would be the kind of guy who would join later in life because he saw these guys, you know, helping somebody out. And then I'm telling you, never with the white stripes, but with some of his solo stuff and the stuff he did with the Racketeers, I mean, he's got a song called On the Level. You know, he uses our terms a few times that, and I think he probably joined and, and, you know, tried to keep it as quiet as possible, but I really do think that dude is one of us and just doesn't want to tell anybody. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's it's plausible, man. He definitely could be. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. Uh, so, Harlan, we're going to take a break right here, and you're going to cut this out. Fancy clothes and fancy clothes. I really like the way that sounds. That's not sweet, but what I need. Because money makes the world go round. Hey, yo, here's a little ditty about Jack and Diane. Nah, here's a little ditty about cracking my hand. Nah, here's a little warning. I'm transforming, absorbing the light from the full moon. And I'm human the next morning. I'm storming your base like a stormtrooper in space. I want the riches, the bitches, and the codes in the safe. I want the paper with the eye in the pyramid, 9-11 appearing when it gets folded like origami. I'm serious, mysterious, and studied its bloody money like periods. The strippers with the tips that are stuffed in their private areas. From various gentlemen, junkies hooked on adrenaline, Audi engine revving and reverence behaving feminine. It's funny what this money could do to the average person, like purse snatching and stabbing and stacking paper for purchasing. High-end fashion, escort action, checks start cashing, and watch what happens. Fancy cars and fancy I really like the way that All right, and we're back. Had a really uh, fascinating conversation during the break. Uh, you know my world as an intellectual property attorney. Something I never considered is we were talking about the uh, earlier in the show the anti-Masonic sentiment in the entertainment industry. Um, we use a lot of songs. We do. At the beginning and ends of the show. We do a lot of good uh, alt country and pop <coughs> songs. Yeah, we do. When they, uh, if somebody hears this and it's a Masonic podcast, are we in trouble? No. No, we're fine. Oh, okay. No, we're good. Yeah. But no, I mean, we, we've got, you know, just a handful. Of, I mean, this is such a small segment of society. You're talking about Masons, but Masons who can also use a computer and also know what a podcast is. That slice of the pie gets real small when you get to there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, like we were saying, I mean, it would have to be a real big issue. It would have to be something super popular to even get on the radar of those attorneys. Otherwise, setting things in the motion, it wouldn't even be worth the money for them to start up that issue to send a cease and desist. I don't know. I mean, it, it's not even on anybody's radar unless it's like a why, unless you're like Alex Jones level, but for our side of guys. We have like 12 listeners, though. I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah. big deal. Only, only three of them, only three of those listeners are my mom. She oh, listens man. on all her devices. All right. So, uh, Josh, uh, are you just dumbstruck because you no. know you're you're like you've been interviewing you're like a super fan <laughs> and like you can't say anything because you're just in awe. Josh uh, just wants to listen. I just just letting you do your thing. When, uh, All right, brother. So, what are your uh, who are your influences in uh, coming up? My influences were definitely like a lot of uh, hardcore East Coast hip hop, but I I, I I like some West Coast stuff too. But it was every, everything that was very lyrical. You know, starting with uh, Rakim and then Nas, Wu Tang, and then later on, you know, like Souls of Mischief and, and groups like that, and uh, uh, Organized Confusion. Feral Mach was probably my biggest lyrical influence. And these are these are all super underground 
hip hop groups, you guys, like uh, most of them besides Nas, which Nas, is obvious. Yeah, but Nas is massive. Groups, groups like Organized Confusion, these were groups in the 90s that were super underground and they, they gained no commercial success because their lyrical content was very cerebral, very intellectual, and, you know, they painted a lot of visuals. And, like, in 1991, you know, Pharaoh Mach was rapping, uh, as you look from whence forth I come, riding the wind, thus eliminating competition for bird's eye view, um, descending in helicopters in a village raid, flesh will burn when exposed to the poetical germ grenade, I'm highly intoxicating your mind when I'm operating on cell walls to membranes, cytoplasms to protoplasms. It's like stuff like that. When I heard it and I was like 12 years old, I was like literally mouth dropped looking like that fucking meme with my eyes wide open like what the <laughs> fuck is this shit kind of like josh right now put yeah. your put your hands on the table please uh hands up on the table thank you and, and the cool thing is too is that you know back then my father i had the coolest father he was very young when he had me he was 18 and uh he was really big into classic rock huge into rock and roll and frank zappa and, and yes and all types of groups like that but when hip-hop came out, he, he really, really, ever since I was about five or six, made an effort to bond with me over that. He bought me Beastie Boy tapes, Run DMC tapes. He would stay in with me um, late at night taping on the radio, the college radio station that would play early hip-hop stuff in 85 and 1986. And then when he heard Organized Confusion and when he heard those raps like that, he was blown away and that became his favorite rap stuff. That was He was really, really enthralled with that, so... That was a pretty cool thing back then. Let me ask you about this uh, as like a tangent from that. Did you have to learn the uh, catechism when I was in lodge? No, no. Oh, do we, did I have to learn it? Uh, what, uh, as far as you, you mean the catechism, you mean the what we have to learn at our lodge for proficiency is the question and answer section. Yeah, yeah. That, is that is that what you consider the catechism? Pretty much, and it's all worded in like kind of older English, and it's yeah, 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 absolutely. From whence come you and, you know. Yeah, and, and so how easy was that for you to learn because of your career? Uh, I don't know if I had an advantage. I, I went through in two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, and, that's that's yeah. faster than 90% of the people who do it. Yeah. And I don't, yes. you know, I don't know how long yours is. I mean, it's different from state to state. But ours, it, if you go through it quickly, ours takes about 10 minutes. And Yeah, uh, ours takes about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, and we go through all the, the Q&As and, and, and the different things for the different degrees, and then we go through the working tools. I don't know if you guys do that as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and th- those were pretty easy for me to get down, but it helped that the book was coded for me because I, I don't know if you guys' books are coded with the Yeah, with ours the is cat. written down. Yeah, okay. Oh, you guys is all up mouth to ear? Mouth Absolutely, to ear, 100%. straight up. Wow, that's gangster! But man. the way <laughs> I but the way I learned that was was putting it into a rhythm, and so I was curious if that helped you because it, it got to the point whenever I was learning mine, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago now, that it was like muscle memory. Like I, you know, I didn't think about the individual words at a point. I thought about it's this sentence and this rhythm. Well, ours is coded, and it's like a couple. It'll be a couple letters from each word. It'll it'll be like two letters from each word. So it just looks like a whole bunch of like consonants and barely any vowels yeah i got you and, like some of our degree works that way it's just that one particular thing is is never written down here so the, the muscle memory that i got was just memorizing the flow of it by seeing it written and that's how i used to memorize most of my rhymes by seeing them written and know what word comes after it and so that's that's really what helped me with that but the biggest thing that um, we don't have to memorize the, oh no i'm sorry some of the lodges in connecticut do some don't is the obligation 
What? Oh no, yeah, we do that. Yeah, here. that's a must. Oh, that's that's right. not even written yeah. down at all yeah, anywhere. Nowhere. Ever. And, and that's yeah. the one thing that everybody in the room when somebody's turning, everybody ignores them until they get to that part because yeah. everybody here kind of uses that as the most important part. If you got that, you're good to go. Well, n- now after being through so many different degrees and stuff, I know it by heart just by uh, hearing it so many times. But um, it's not something that we need to to know to pass. Yeah, I got to you. The next degree, and. Uh, but but the whole the whole Q and A that's that's basically what it is. But there are lodges here that you know were some of the oldest lodges, uh, like Hiram One in New Haven, which was um, I think that was uh, I think that was found that was pre Revolutionary War when that was chartered. So those guys they have a whole bunch of different things that they do in their lodge. Gotcha. What are your thoughts on the To movement? Before I let Josh go back to interviewing you about your musical stuff. What's the, what do you mean To movement? The traditional lodge movement where they're. Uh Basically, they're trying to go back to the old way of doing it, where it takes like a year to get in here, and then once you're in here, it, it's several months between degrees and festive boards. And Oh, that's great. I, I love that. And I'll tell you why. Here's my theory of it. Okay, um, I'm on a committee for – I'm on two committees. I'm on the Committee for Masonic Education for the Grand Lodge of Connecticut, and um, I'm also on an Intergenerational Communication and Technology Committee. And that be, that's self-explanatory from what the yeah. title is, but – I, I, but, wish, um, I wish our Grand Lodge had a committee like that. Our Grand Lodge is still trying to figure out the telephone. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have these things. I'm, I'm sure you guys have them too. EMRs, which are electronic membership requests, and these are a way that the guys can email lodges if they're interested. No, and not at what all. What we have man. is okay. So the, now the, up here, there's like a whole bunch. You know, if you find a lodge that you're interested in, you can email them and say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested in." petitioning so then they'll set up a meeting with you and you have you have to go meet up with the guys but the problem is this okay the the way that i got into it was i had met a guy who i didn't know was a a freemason and i had talked to him and he inspired me to become a mason so i came back to connecticut i didn't know anybody who was a freemason in connecticut and i just started calling lodges and trying to meet up with people in my area so i finally got in touch with somebody and they were like hey you can go do a chip event and meet the guys and get to know the guys so i went to do a chip event and i went through that and i thought it was really cool i was really pumped and inspired i brought my fiance with me she met all the guys and so i kept going to things because i met them right before their summer break a lot of people say dark but that's incorrect dark is when your charter is taken yeah so um i went them i i met them right before summer break so I had to go to all these events throughout the summer, and I went to tons of them. I went to uh, breakfasts. I went to table lo- – or not table lodges. That was later on. But um, I went to all these events to get to know all these guys, and they got to know me and see what type of person I am, if I was really into it, as opposed to just showing up and being like, here's a petition, sign it. And it's like a meat factory. You got all these guys yeah. who are just trying to it's, – it's quantity over quality with some well, of these guys because they want to fill up seats. Yeah, they want money and they want to fill up seats. And the problem with that is that you're going to get those two- to three-year Masons where the first year they're coming to stuff, second year they're not really coming to stuff that much, and maybe you know they're, they're not paying their dues that, that quickly or whatever. And then by the third year, you, you, know, you, you don't get any dues from this guy and he's gone and he's just over it. Yeah. And to weed that out, you have to, I feel like you have to do that old thing where back in the day where they actually made you knock three times, you know, metaphorically, where you had to, they would say, no, you're, you're not, we're not going to let you be a Mason. And then you're like, oh, come on. And then you try again. And then you try again. And you have to, you know, proverbial, metaphorically knock three times. 
on this show, training. on this show, that's one thing we always talk about to a prospective member who's thinking about joining is you need to go have dinner with your lodges. You need to go hang out with those guys and see if you, see if you gel with those guys. Yeah. And if you do, that's great. If not, go see if there's another lodge you like better. And, yep. and you know, you don't have to go to the lodge that's down the street. You can go to the, like, I don't live close to my lodge. I live, you know, about 20 minutes away, but this is the lodge that I gel with. This is the lodge where the guys who, you know, yeah. I, I just fit in with these guys. Or make let's sure not it's not just away. like a, or let's, let's not make sure it's just like a little phase in your life where you're intrigued by it. And you want to, you know, you're bored, you're having problems with your wife at the time or something, or your girlfriend, or, or you're just feeling bummed out and you just want something to do because, you know, then you're kind of wasting your time. You're wasting everybody's time and it's, it's just maybe not for you or not the right time in your life. Well, the only problem I have with that is sometimes you have guys in here that are coming out of curiosity. And then once they get here, they're like, well, this is fucking awesome. And then they no, become like cool. really good brothers. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no doubt about that. But I, I still feel like they should go through steps. Like I tell the guys now when they talk, when they were talking to me, some of the older guys were asking my opinion about um, how to better uh, get to know the guys who are petitioning. I say, don't let them in so easy. Don't don't let them sign a petition so quickly. Don't give them a petition so quickly. Have them come to four or five different things. Have them come to multiple breakfasts. You know, even if they're busy. That's fine because when they get in, they're going to be busy too and not here anyway. So, you know, make sure it makes sense for them. Make sure it works out. And here on After Lodge, we always endorse the breakfast because we are the pancake flipping Martinist. So, <laughs> that's real. So, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question about you coming in while we're still on the subject. Uh, I know from your uh, Reddit AMA, you're a big uh, student of philosophy and, and religions and conspiracies in general. Yeah, uh, I assume you were pretty well studied about Freemasonry before you came in. What was it that made you hesitant about seeking out joining? Uh, I don't know if I was hesitant about seeking joining. I just didn't view it as something positive or worth my time. And also, I was I was such in a zone of doing music at that time. I didn't care about anything else. Well, especially that. Especially at that time, if if you know you're an up and coming, I mean, like you're struggling to get known. I would imagine too, and you yeah. probably didn't have a lot of time. I had zero time to invest. I was I was constantly traveling. I was constantly working. I was constantly doing things. Another thing too is that when I was up and coming in the process of that, I was broke, man. Like you telling me to pay 120 bucks a year right. for lodge, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know how many Swiss cake rolls that could buy me? Are you shit? <laughs> Absolutely not. Man. Yeah, you know how many ramens that can buy me? Hell no. That's crazy talk to me. I was playing that game where I would get um, 10 bucks on my, uh, this is when I was really broke coming up. Uh, I was paying 10 bucks on, I'd have 10 bucks on my debit card so I could pump $30 worth of gas because they only take $1 to hold it at first. And then I'd let my account go negative. You know what I mean? That's nice, man. Yeah, those little hood tricks. Like, shit, I need this. (laughs) That's a good one. So uh, while we're kind of on this topic of of TO lodges, what are your thoughts on one-day classes? That's something else that here on this show that we've talked about to a great extent. I think that falls in the same realm of short-form degrees where it really cheats the candidate out of the experience. And... um, this is all, like, what, what the fuck is the rush? This is not fast food, yep. man. Like, go through it, experience it, digest it, understand it, 
experience it. Like, what the hell? That just means, to me, basically, you want the title, and you want to just say, I'm a Master Mason, or I'm a 32nd degree Scottish Rite, or I'm this, or I'm that, or whatever the hell you're doing. You see, our theory is it's worse than that. It's not the guys coming in. The guys that's coming in, they're given an option of spending a year doing it or spending a day, and they're going to take the day because they don't know what they're losing. But their Grand Lodge does. That's who we blame is their Grand Lodge for letting them do it that way. Yeah, I I don't even think we – I don't think uh, our – our most worshipful uh, is cool with that shit. As a matter of fact, here's it's a huge controversy in Connecticut um, because a lot of the lodges here would do a short form where it would cut out a lot of the tragedy without saying uh, too much. What? Yeah, no, we know what you're talking about. The legend about. of the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, would, it would cut out a ton of it. And our, our, our most worshipful grandmaster came in and was like, um, I think the way he did it offended people because he kind of like bum rushed um, one of their uh, degree things and came there with all smiles and cool, but then shut them down right before they're about to do it, which pissed everybody off. Oh no, I'm fine but, with that. Yeah, he's making yeah. a point. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I, I like. I, I always said that it was always my thing. Like, man, short form. I was lucky to be raised long form. It's crazy that there's even terms for that. It shouldn't be terms. Yeah. There should be no short form. So. I was lucky enough to be raised the proper way, and there was tons of people there. It was a great thing. But the guys who were raised short form, man, what a fucking bummer bummer for them. So our, our most worshipful grandmaster came in and was like, no, 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 and it created this whole big um, upheaval, and they were having secret meetings against him, and there was just a lot of – there was a ton of drama over here in Connecticut. And it, it, it's all cool because it was interesting, and it showed two things. It showed that – a, the most worshipful and his team wanted to clean things up and saw it a certain way. But then on the other side, the guys who, you know, wanted to rebel, it was kind of cool too because it was like uh, a tea party type thing going on where they were like, we care enough about Freemasonry to where we're having meetings and we're calling bullshit on this um, action. So, you know, it, it, it was tumultuous and it was crazy from being a young Master Mason because it's kind of like watching your parents fight because all of a sudden I joined... <laughs> And then, um, you know, all these older members who you look up to are beefing with each other. You don't know who's on whose side. You know what I'm saying? So it was a crazy time, but um, it was interesting nonetheless. And it was great to see all the guys that passionate about the craft that it should be done one way or another, regardless if it was bickering or quarreling. No, so, that, that happens a lot. Yeah. My wife likes to refer to uh, our stories here as Days of Our Lodge. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. really funny you know, i'm gonna have to use that all right i got another question if i remember correctly from your video you have quite a few tattoos correct yeah have you ever caught any masonic shit over there because the two of the guys you're talking to josh is covered in tattoos he's sleeved out i've got uh quite a few i've got a leg sleeve and and my first Masonic tattoo when I was showing it off, I got words of wisdom that that was not cool from some of the older guys. Yeah, so, I caught a lot of flags too. Yeah. Heathens, all of <laughs> you. All of Literally, you. Connecticut is the most. We were the first to recognize Prince Hall, and they were the they are the coolest guys on the face of the planet. There's tons of old guys. Like literally, almost at every Masonic of, uh, event that I go to now, I got a, a 55 to 60 year old coming up to me, rolling up his sleeve, going, "Look at this new uh, piece I got right here with the square awesome. compasses." And um, uh, I affiliate with one lodge called Oxaboxo 116 out here, and um, the most worshipful is he's a younger guy. He's probably late 30s, and his name is Adam, and he is tatted from head to toe, and he's a tattoo artist himself, and he's the most worshipful. 
at the lodge. If I had a tattoo artist in my lodge, I would be so happy. You know how much cheaper that would be for me? <laughs> oh, there's tons of them out here. There's tons of and and I'm on Instagram. I don't know if any of you guys are on Instagram, but there is a huge Masonic community of Master Masons on Instagram. And it's, there's all these guys who I meet and come to know and are really great guys. And there's tons and tons and tons of tattoo artists who are uh, brothers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to find one because my tattoo bill is about as much as my mortgage right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I have, I have Masonic pieces on me. I have uh, a square and a compasses with a, with a skull behind it. And underneath it, it's AF and AM. And then above it is the uh, three degrees. There's the... Um, the circumpunct with the lines, and uh, then the three five seven, and the sprig of acacia. Yeah, you sound pretty much like Josh. I think Josh has got an entire like arm sleeved out in Masonic tattoos. Yeah, Grim Reaper, yep. uh, Square and Compass, the Forgive Me Not flower. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a nice one, the Forgive Me Not. Yeah. Yeah, Josh also has every dog he's ever owned tattooed on his body somewhere. <laughs> he has like thirty dog tattoos. Well, they're all pit bulls, so that's okay. That's funny. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of, while I'm on the show, did you guys see recently that article? I believe it was NPR or something about the uh, old school jazz artists. Um, uh, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen that. yeah. We saw it. I didn't get to read it because we were dealing with the fair. Unfortunately, Actually, there was a big controversy about that. Um, that uprose on we have like a state email list of like masons in the state and i don't think jason's on it because he likes to be a luddite i seen what but uh somebody posted that article to kind of share with the brothers and then somebody else made a really good point about you know we often struggle with the whole prince law prince hall relationship here because we've got a, a lot of old leftovers who should have never been masons in the first place yes. yeah. but they somebody called them out and said oh so when there's a lot of Prince Hall guys that are getting some notoriety and, and talking about Freemasonry and its influence on our culture and great things like that, then you're going to claim them as Masons, like when the Shaq video went around when yeah. he was talking yeah. about being Masons. Yeah. Sure. They're all about claiming them. But, but then, yeah. yeah, so somebody calls just, them out. But if it's just a regular guy who gets up and goes to work 9 to 5, you know, well, you don't want him in our lodge. That's our lodge. Yeah. Someone started that that conversation call them out and it it turned into a shitstorm over the week dude <laughs> that's um, crazy because i i jumped on with it because i feel really strongly about some of those guys when the first thing you're told before you ever become an internet apprentice is freemasonry admits to its doors men of all races religions and creeds yeah and then the next thing you hear after you take your internet apprentice degree and you're having dinner is racial slurs being thrown yeah. around and and look at those wow. Prince Hall guys? I mean, it it was bad here. Um, Man, that is that's gnarly. That would never be tolerated. The guys it, here, it, you, know, it, you know, what's crazy is the, the guys. You you know what? I don't I don't know if it's part of your guys' obligation or Q and As, but uh, part of the obligation here way back was um, saying a freeborn man. Yeah, yeah. Do you use yeah. the term freeborn? We used to. Yeah. Uh, that, that's. Uh, and to tell you how sad it is, that's only like come out in the past like ten years. Yeah. Our lodge started like that when I got here, but it was kind of a dying lodge, and we had an influx of young guys that have kind of taken over everything. And so we've went from what I just described to a place where that term is not only no longer used to the we have point a zero tolerance policy for that kind yeah, of shit here. Absolutely. And we're a unique yep. lodge in our jurisdiction for that, but it's because the entire line of our lodge, it, with the exception of the master, are all under forty. Most of them are under thirty, and our generation is just not cool with that. No, it's well, well. You know what's crazy is the cool thing up here is that we have the same zero tolerance policy 
And if there was ever any type of racial slurs, you would see a, a 75 or 80 year old guy almost snatch somebody by the ear, slap him in the face, probably, and escort them out of the lodge. That's how zero tolerance, like this racism up here, just does well, not live. And the problem is, crazy. the problem is, we have older guys like that too. But the problem is, they were in the minority for so yeah. long that they weren't yeah. able to snatch yeah. the guy up our, because they were outnumbered. Our grandmaster yeah. almost expelled an entire roster of masons because there was a master mason degree going on with a uh, military lodge and. Some guys showed up. They organized this degree team from around the state, and they all showed up, and they went into Open Lodge, and there's a black guy sitting in there, which, depending on what part of the state you're in, is uncommon. Um, and so when they got the degree started and they went to Open Lodge, a good half of these guys got up and walked out. Oh, God. And the grandmaster yeah. got the list of names from the Tyler, and he was going to expel every one of them and cave to political pressures not to do that because a lot of them were rather prominent figures in the fraternity. I was really disappointed in him for not dropping the hammer on that. But Yeah, that's really Yeah, crap. I mean that degree didn't have, happen. I mean they well, they were the degree cast. Well, they, they were should have they were the legend of the a, temple guys. Yeah, they should have been made an example out of. Yeah. Like you're not gonna yeah, do this absolutely. anymore. So now this guy can't take his degree. The degree team's gone. It was this big event. Uh and one of the Think guys about what that says too, man, to the yeah. I mean the the, the brother to there, that brother coming in, now he's less than because these guys aren't gonna treat you like a brother. And here's the yeah. thing that pisses me off. If we're talking about the third degree, that means those other two degrees, he knelt at the same place and said the same things I said, and you're and you're not going to treat him like a brother? No, yeah. no matter what. I mean, he's done the same thing I have. Now, let me ask you this, because I've caught some flack over this. I don't think the two lodges should ever be combined, because I think there's history. Like, the Prince Hall Lodge has history. What I want is just to where we can go to their lodge, and they can come to ours, and... Yeah, that's that's what it is up here in Connecticut, and I, I I feel the same way. Like the Prince Hall history is so rich and so awesome, and the Blue Lodge um, history is so rich and so awesome. They should um, exist as two separate entities, and they should have their own history. And that's part of that's part of culture. That's why cultures are so awesome because you have an awesome Irish culture and you have an awesome Scottish wow. culture. You know, and, and that's the cool thing that makes these things unique and different. And I, I think that it's awesome to visit each other. And it happens all the time. Like when I was raised, when I was a master mason, there was 10 Prince Hall brothers there who helped raise me. That's awesome. Well, here's what's happening in our state now, which is just <clears throat> probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life, is now both lodges want to start letting in the other race. But they're not like we recognize each other. We agree you're a mason. They agree we're a mason. But we're not like you know, going to each other's lodges. We don't have visitation. So what's happening now is you have a ton of white guys joining Prince Hall lodges and you have a ton of, ton of black guys joining, uh, you know, regular blue lodges here. And, and I think if, if that trend continues in a hundred years, there's going to be two separate lodges with two separate histories and cultures and nobody's really going to remember why. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as it's called Prince Hall, they have to remember why Prince Hall, you know, was a person, and, and there's that history there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I understand that. And, you know, we got white guys here who belong to Prince Hall Lodges, and uh, but I feel like that history won't really be diminished. All right, all right. Well, Josh, did you have anything left? We're uh, kind of winding down, I guess. Well, how long are we? How long are we? I don't know. We're, we're about an hour. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, it felt like five minutes. That's usually a sign of a good show whenever yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, we got like an hour left to go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys, also, before I leave, I want to give a, a really, really big oh, shout-out. Oh, we're not letting you go yet. Josh has probably oh. still got, like, a list of questions well, for you. I really wanted to know how the uh, how the new CD's doing. 
Oh, it's fantastic. It's doing great. It's it's so, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of holding my breath when I released it because it was so different and it was a concept album and, uh, you know, it was really different sound sonically and uh, it's doing phenomenal. Like, people love it. It's just, it's selling great. It's doing fantastic. What's the uh, what's the next single coming out? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm there's not going to be any more singles on Connecticut Casual, but I'm dropping an, like a Connecticut Casual addendum, which is about seven songs that weren't on Connecticut Casual gotcha. that have the same vibe. So it's kind of like a, a companion EP. So it's going to be seven songs, and it's called it's going to be called CC, which stands you know for Connecticut Casual. It's going to be CC, and then a the little hyphen, and then it's going to say um, uh, Weekend at the Cape. When when you sit down to write, do you try like do you have the album in mind? Like, are you trying to make all the songs fit together, and you're and you're writing for the album, or are you writing just a good song and hopefully it'll get on the next album? Uh, I do a little of both. Sometimes when I sit down and I want to make a conceptual album, I I really think about the grand scheme and I have a, a, a dry erase board and I I map it all out and I figure I'll sit there and write all the names of the songs and then I look at it and I look at it for a long time and I'll say all right what's this missing is this missing a girl song is this missing a song about um, a, a political song is this missing some type of story it, what's what's the weak parts you know I'm trying to like fill in the blanks and like weigh everything out. And uh, then other times I'll just be sitting and I just get inspired and I write some bullshit and I write something funny or, you know, I get inspired off of somebody else's album that I hear and I want to sit down and write something. And, um, yeah, that's the way I do it. So I have a... When you hear another artist come out with an album that just blows you away, uh, do you you get pissed? Like, shit, why couldn't I think of that? (laughs) Or are you inspired by, like, how awesome it is? A, a little of both sometimes. It's I, I get more pissed like shit. Why didn't I think of that when it's a cool beat? Like if oh, it's okay. cool, if it's cool beat, I'm like, oh damn! I wish I had that beat. I wish I made that beat. But um, not like rap wise. I don't think rap wise you can really think like that. I think that would be a weird thing. Or sometimes maybe there's a chorus or a hook where I'm like, shit! I should have thought of that. That's genius. And uh, but but you know, rap wise, not really rap wise. I just get really inspired off it, and I want to write and like top it. Gotcha, yeah, okay. Uh, well, Harlan, you got anything else? Uh, I don't. I want to say thanks for joining us, brother. We uh, like having guests on the show, uh, especially when it's somebody that generated some kind of controversy. Cause, yeah, but you know, we're, we're all about some yeah. controversy here. We're controversy <laughs> You know, that right. Grand Leveler song, like I said, the funny thing is, is it's not a Masonic anthem. I have a, I have a song that I'm doing called uh, Legend of the Third Degree, and uh, it's, it's all... It's a, here, I'll, I'll spit the verse for you. This goes... I'm just trying to square my actions, build a better temple, and subdue my passions. Because fucking someone up is my first reaction. So I focus on my degrees with no distraction. Check it. I was raised to be violent in the mental. When these suckers try to rush me like Hiram in the temple. Now I'm eyeing instrumentals like hawks through mice. When I talk through mics, I just want more light. You just want more shine. Those are two different things. Do the math, study all the symbols on these rings and the knowledge it brings. I'm from a line of great kings. I'm talking Solomon, Washington, and Rudyard Kipling. When you're blind, it's crippling. So be aware of the crooks who push fiction as fact to sell movies and books. So let's end the speculation, the conjecture, and hate because your perception is fake. My architecture is great. That's pretty fucking That's awesome. Hell yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, that's, See, that's a Masonic. That's a Masonic verse. That is. No, that is. Yeah, you heard it first on a, the After Lodge podcast, everybody. <laughs> Marlon's worried about his exclusivity. <laughs> Jason's mom will be really glad she heard yes. this. Jason's no, mom I, will be I, impressed. I, no, she won't. Really, she'll be like, "You didn't listen to any of that." <laughs> yeah. I really want to give. I want to give credit and thank and give a shout out to uh, you know uh, my GM Simon Laplace and um, all the line officers in the Grand Lodge who really had my back when Grand Leveler dropped and all these people were emailing the Grand Lodge and complaining and everybody, all the, all the brothers in Connecticut really have my back, but our GM did a, just showed so much love and support and uh, I, I owe it to him so much and I appreciate it. And uh, they've been super cool about it. You know what, brother? That's what Freemasonry is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, yeah, sure. some people forget that, but yeah. yeah, that's the way it should be regardless. Yeah. All right, uh, Apathy, we, we thank you for joining us today. Uh, Harlan, you want to tell people where they can find us? Yeah, thanks again for listening to uh, episode 27 of the After Lodge podcast. As always, you can check out the show notes at www.afterlodge.com. Shoot us some email. Uh, if you want, we'll forward it on to our, our good brother, Apathy, and uh, at afterlodge at gmail.com. You can hang out with us on our subreddit, Twitter, Facebook, at After Lodge, uh, or the IRC channel, which has been linked to the Freemasonry <laughs> subreddit now. Which, IRC? Uh, yeah. We're, we're old school now. nerds here. Hey, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. It is insane level of synchronicity that the show is number 27 because that is my all-time cosmic lucky number. I sell shirts. I sell hoodies that are apathy hoodies that have the number 27 on them. All my stuff has the number 27. My newest album, Connecticut Casual, you'll see a picture of a big boat, and then there's a post in front of it with a, the number 27 on it. I'm wearing a big demigods ring right now that has the number 27. That's my number, number of all time. Awesome. That sounds like prominence. In the, in the geometry of the universe, there are no yeah. coincidences. Everything's a proof, so fantastic. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, uh, everybody, and uh, bye. Yeah. Cape Cod, who's higher than high anus, who could get away with murder for money and simply vanish, suit jacket in the casket, looking so fantastic, sweater vest, posing with a tennis racket, so classic, so tragic, Camelot was formed in black magic, there's lots of sinners, eating lobster dinners, with some lobster figures, selling lots of liquor, hair slicked back, three-piece suits, shoes polished, Martha's Vineyard Mansion in an Ivy League college, secret societies in a sick fascination, with accidental Deaths and planned assassinations The birth of a nation Erasing the line that's drawn to define God and Satan It's Jack, it's Bobby, it's even Teddy Reversed on my enemies, the curse of the Kennedys Hey young world, wanna hear a story? Close your eyes and you can pretend you're me I'm cut from the claw for the Kennedys The Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys The Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys The Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys I'm cut from the claw for the Kennedys, the Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys. The meter of Joe Senior, overachiever, won't stop till I own the Mona Lisa with a home in Ibiza. Hear the news flash over the speaker, they killing Kennedys. Keep calm, load up the heater, Bobby slumped on the podium, POTUS is down. We got political pull, probably the dopest around. We got publicists for damage control, Kennedy style, kill a girl by accident. 
never see trial. Heavenly Father, please wash all of my sins. While I wash away my pain with this tonic and gin. While I vomit in this sink and think of ominous things. Like atomic bombs, never let the communists win. Live from the Bay of Pigs, it's obvious lies. When anybody denies all of the mafia ties, you surprised? It's Jack, it's Bobby, it's even Teddy. Reverse all my enemies, the curse of the Kennedys. Hey, young world, wanna hear a story? Close your eyes and you can pretend you're me. I'm cut from the claw for the Kennedys. The Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys, the Kennedys, the, the, the Kennedys.